podcast, everybody. My name is James yep. Lindsay. This is my yeah. co-host. Mm-hmm. Brandon Stables, yep. Mm, Brandon Stables. <laughs> this is Polarized, the podcast about movies that audiences and critics disagree on the most, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, might as well put a disclosure in there. <laughs> yeah, according to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> They, Not according to Ark, we swear. <laughs> we create our own dividing lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this, but this is some you know. some overarching uniform dividing line that has been mandated by the movie gods and placed upon the internet for us to uh, <laughs> go to and, and reference. Oh boy, the internet gods, i.e. Rotten Tomato, that's a scary thing to say. And the great thing about it is you don't even have to really see movies anymore. You could just go on Rotten Tomatoes and decide whether whether you like it or not and then never see the movie and then just yeah. not even form your own opinion. Right. That is just now the f- core foundation of Internet culture is that you just become an expert by reading, you know, not even a lot of articles. Right. You don't even have to read that much. You can actually just read headlines only yeah. Oh, yeah. and then then, you know, present yourself as being really uh, an authority on the subject and being an expert. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, it's you know, like the, a certain a, certain part of the movie out of context and you hold you hold it to that standard. Yeah. And, and that's how you that's how you judge it. Or there's a. There's someone who who likes the movie who or someone who takes part in the movie and you haven't seen it yet, but that you don't like that person. And uh, you already decided that it's it's not worth your time for good or bad. I think there might be moments where there's a good reason to to, quote unquote, maybe boycott something. But uh, other other times that seem more trivial, why you would dislike a movie without even seeing it. Yeah, I'm speaking. Like I'm speaking very vague, but there's just so many examples. Yeah, I mean the biggest one is Scott Kane, right? Because I just look at that guy's face and I just. <laughs> oh, you're getting <laughs> you're getting specific already. Okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I told uh, Mike for everybody, my roommate. Yeah, I was like, man, I just every time I see that motherfucker, I just really <laughs> want to punch him in the face, and it's you know it. Okay. Well, we opened the show. We we did our our bit. Um, this is yeah. This is polarized, and uh, the, mo- the movie this week that we're talking about is American Outlaws. Yeah. Um the the two thousand and one. Um, I wonder if this was pitched as a comedy at all. Because <laughs> man, they were really trying to um, really trying jokes, really trying jokes out, trying bits out. I really think that uh, just the comic relief went too far. I don't think it was it was billed as comedy. I think it just was just a lighthearted romp adventure that they went. They just had way too much fun on set. Yeah, well, you know what? And that's a good point, because the, there's a part of this movie that I really enjoyed and it did seem like people were having fun. Yeah. And that that was something that was pretty, pretty present on screen, especially between Colin Farrell and um, the, the suits guy. Tito um, or uh, the guy from no, Lost? Gabriel, no, uh, Gabriel Match. Um, he's uh, the he, he's the main character of Suits. He's the uh, brother. He's oh, Colin Farrell's brother. Right. That has, um, you I know, see. no Irish accent at all. But Colin Farrell, um, <laughs> you know, does. And you know, they both they both share the same mother. I guess they just have different fathers. We never we don't we don't know anything about them. Uh, but they're brothers, and they just yeah. 
Uh, he doesn't sound like he's from that area at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you want to get into that right off the bat, like Colin Farrell's accent was just all over the place. And there was such a it's it's interesting that that sing songy nature of Southern dialect that kind of coincides a little bit with Irish accent almost of there's there is a sing songy sort of rise and fall of, of how they say something. But it was just it just sounded at odds with with the, them with himself when the way that he would pronounce and 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 uh, say certain things or it would just almost go back into like a Cali Californian and Los Angeles accent that he was trying to uh, imitate mm -hmm. as an Irishman and everything that was I don't know he was he was fine but man I just the southern accents in this movie for, I mean he's he's not from America at all but even the people that are American and everything that are not from the South uh, just are all over the place. But the thing that was, that was we interesting are. to me was, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not a master of Southern dialect and I'm sure there's just like different pockets that We're sound different and no, we are not. We're Californians, baby. Uh, <laughs> We're Californians, but, uh, you know, I, I don't just didn't seem like there was any agreed upon sort of type of, uh, and I, I get that. Like there's also, um, immigrants. And the thing that was interesting about Timothy Dalton's character, the pink, Pinkerton, the guy who started Pinkerton Agency, a real person, I was like, oh, he's just doing a Southern accent. I thought T-Dalt was, I don't know, like Welsh or Irish as well or something. And I'm it's like, Welsh. this sounds, yeah, okay. And I'm like, this sounds more Scottish. I'm like, what's going on? And, I look, and Pinkerton was from Scotland. The actual Pinkerton guy was from Scotland. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that, that was fun to have some of, some of that accuracy. But the problem was Colin sure. Farrell's Irish just bashed with it in such a way that I thought that he was fucking up too because colin farrell was messing up his accent yeah yeah it's so it's so funny that a movie called american outlaws is <laughs> starring two people from the you know uh ireland and and wales mm -hmm. you know you just especially when they're in the scene you know the same scene together which is great like mm -hmm. i mean it's silly for sure, especially um, the like really, really upfront like motives and feelings that Timothy Dalton gives to uh, Colin Farrell, Jesse James, where he's like, I like this guy, like right off the bat. There isn't a it's weird. There is there isn't this thing that happens over the course of the movie where admiration is built and there's just certain like situations that are presented to us that he um timothy dalton's like man this guy is really really great and i'm starting to really understand him because i'm trying to catch him but i'm also understanding more of his humanity as opposed to just being a stone cold killer but it, this movie is so like haphazard with that yeah that it, it just presents him already being like you know what i like the cut of your jib. it's almost schizophrenic and or like bipolar of of the movie to uh, maybe that's not a good term or of it or whatever he's just like mm -hmm. it's you see that them wanting to play with that that line of of that character and i and i liked that idea of it of him not being the big bad but having uh uh the other guys be more malintentioned dudes that really have it out for jesse james but the thing that the relationship that they had reminded me a lot by the end, not, not fully or not a good version of it, but Tom Hanks and Leo DiCaprio and catch me if you can, Of course, you know, I, course. I love that movie and you know, the gains of respect and at the end, Leo ends up working for, for Tom Hanks and, and all that. And that's, they come together and there's that arc is completed in a way that 
their friendship it has like a, a period and then an endpoint on it At, well actually i guess it's more of an ellipsis because they continue to work together but this one was just kind of like he right before that that train maybe we should go through the movie bit by bit but right before that train ride he uh he was really in, intent on just like, no, I'm going to hang you. I'm going to kill you and and do everything in my power to make sure you die. And even when he sees him after the, the train ride and everything, it seemed like, uh, you know, there's like, I'm still going to, I'll get you if I see you sort of thing. But then he just does the smile. <laughs> he does the smile. smile. He just kind of like, like when he's like, he kisses uh, mm -hmm. Vicky, uh, Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then T-Doll is just like smiling, just kind of like, Oh, that, Oh, that rascal. <laughs> I know <laughs> that rascal. So... I, can't, I can't, I can't, can only can't be mad for yeah. so long, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's such a loving nature to his look. He's like, man, I just, this guy is so good. He's out <laughs> for the, he's just doing, you know, they build up that whole, yeah, his. Okay, let's go through the movie. Yeah, we'll get to the, I think this we'll is one of those because it's just like, I've, I've mentioned the term paint by numbers before, but like you could start this movie and pretty much guess what's going to happen within like, I don't know the first like 10 minutes of it of like of generally where things are going to kind of go. And yep. no, and I think yeah. almost just, just talking about those, those strokes and then getting into it from there might, might be better. Cause it is just, just basic kind of plot structure. Yeah. So we start off the movie with, um, a, a battle is, is happening. So you're presented with uh, two armies that are in a kind of a field and then they end up clashing and then all of our main characters are brought into it. They all work on a per one particular side of this, which, okay, it's, that it's whole... The, if I can be more specific, it is the Civil War. Civil War, yes. It is the so, Union Army and mm -hmm. the Confederates. And which side right. are our heroes on? The Confederate side, <laughs> the Confederacy. We, I, my brain couldn't accept that fact for the longest time because what was happening was is that I saw the blue coats. I'm like, okay, those are the Yankees, and then you know, I'm like, okay, so the these are the guys that we're rooting for, right? Yeah. And then, then they come in contact with another you know another group and it's not totally clear that they're Confederates mm -hmm. at least to at least they're wearing me. plain clothes, yeah. Playing clothes, and then so for a, for a bit while all of our main characters are getting introduced, I thought that there was this this conflict of the Yankees and just like uh, cowboys, essentially. Yeah, like it's it, it's the conflict of like here's they're already Robin Banks, and, Robin Banks or something, and this is just like their yeah. outfit. Totally, like this is this has nothing to do the with the, the 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 Civil War necessarily, but this is. Some, an undercurrent of this film is going to be here is progress or perceived progress and then kind of bulldozing through uh, the West and then people in the West trying to hold their ground, hold their land. And there really is that in the film. But then, to, OK, so that's what I had in my mind. And that kind of does happen. But then to find out that they're working for the Confederates, it just took me a couple minutes where I was like, fuck okay so our main characters are all working for the confederates and then what's a jar what even like compounded that which then just had me laughing hysterically was then you you know are all of our heroes do this battle which is just such a like um the tone is set for the for the movie sorry 
if I interrupt. No, yeah. The tone is set right off the bat of what kind of movie this is going to be. And it is disconcerting in this day and age, uh, 2021, the, the day of our Lord, that the year of our Lord, that uh, these heroes are fighting on the Confederacy and they're just mm-hmm. fucking having a great time. Having just a blast just blasting these Yankees, Yankees and, yep. and, and smile, like smiling and, and just busting balls at each other, you know, yeah. just like fucking like, why is he smiling? Why is cracking? Yeah. And just, you know, I mean, that's, that's that Colin, Colin Farrell, Jesse James thing is when he smiles, something's about to happen. Like he's about to, but he's about to take his horse, jump over the barricade, dual wield the shit out of it and pull a fucking, um, I mean, they, Jeff Bridges did this in True Grit. It was really cool and dramatic when he did grab the the reins by his teeth and then the dual wield. But I mean, he was just facing down an entire army with four. I mean, he had his two pistols and then he he brought out two more guns. So that what that's, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, thirty six shots. I mean, I mean, if you hit every single one, you probably get those thirty six guys. Anyways, I'm getting too into the the nitty gritty of it. It's just they're having so much fun. They're having so much fun just being, and then he does the fucking like thing where he's fighting. He's about to kill that youngster or the youngster sh- almost shoots him in the face and he falls down and then he does the ninja jump yeah. to get back Hell up on yeah. his feet. Cause it's fucking mm-hmm. 2001 and the matrix is a thing or, or something. And it's just like those action movies are, are just where it's at. And then his brother, whenever he does the like you see the the um long shot come from the the rifle someone gets shot mm-hmm. it just closes in on on uh whatever the jesse james brothers uh frank james gabriel mock's uh face and he just smiles he yeah, smiles like straight just, straight down camera he's just like mm, that was good i like that that Yep, I just I, like I just killed yeah. a Yankee. I'm I'm a race I'm a racist, uh, and I'm I'm against abolition. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and those are that's how we set up our characters, and it's just whimsical, fun adventure, action music. They're not in trouble. At, they kick really ass at all. Yeah. And and then they send They're, the Yankees packing, and then they leave the battle. So they win the battle. Somehow somehow the Civil War has ended, and they yep. still win the battle against the. The Union and the Yankees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that that's what I happens at that. the end of that, right? And then yeah, they and then, sure. and then they see all the rest of the Confederates like marching. It, yeah, they totally. can't they like, can't lose. It, it it almost seems like they stumbled into all of that information and into that entire situation where they just literally come from the battle. Yes, like where time in this movie is so fucking weird because they're so it's everything is actually really long but they're really directed at telling you how long it's been yeah and it'll be these hard cuts of like two weeks has passed yeah. and then somebody they'll like they'll say it a character will say oh two weeks has passed yeah or so this this will segue into the next scene so they find our characters find out that the civil war has ended and their side has lost everybody is going home they have this you know and they're fine with it they don't give a fuck oh they're so excited to go home he's like yes i get to go back to ma it's gonna be great um and so you know they have this whole like man what a war we are you know we're so good at our jobs but it's time to (laughs) hang our hang our holsters up and you know call it a day and but then they all go together because 
I don't understand the relationship between all of them because mm. I understand that there's the youngers and then there's the Jameses. Like the cousins, those are kind of the two right? youngers cousins. and the Jameses. Yeah. Theoretically, I don't I guess. The historical accuracy <laughs> is fuck all in this movie, but I mean as far as sure. the the um canon of this movie I don't know. They just like, I don't know. I, I got a real Top Gun vibe from this movie as well. A oh lot of times. God. So there was moments where I'm just like, there's yes. real sexual tension between all of these guys as well. Especially mm -hmm. when Scott came by the, I think it's pretty soon when they get home, they're, you know, just having they're a shower just, together, oh you know, just, they, they all got their shirts off. A couple dudes just hanging out and, um, they're, uh, talking about they're they're swapping stories and they're talking about the time Scott Kane, had sex with a man uh, dressed yes. like with a mustache, dressed as a as a woman in mm. in some some town or something, and he was trying to convince them that yeah. that uh, she was a woman. And and, and but there the the context for which for, for in which they're having that conversation was just kind of like, oh, Scott Kane's for sure a homosexual. <laughs> he's gonna come. He's gonna come out later in this movie. Would be a great. I don't know, just something that would track with how he was expressing oh things, and especially in the context. Oh, he's like he's in the locker room; they're all talking, and he's like, "Oh, I had sex with a man." I don't know. It just like it tracked that he would <laughs> be in love with Jesse James or something like that. I I don't know, but I guess that wouldn't work if they're cousins. This movie doesn't have I mean, the balls. It doesn't have the fucking balls to go. It doesn't go, have the to, fucking to balls. Go that That's that is funny to bring that up because yeah, it, like for how much Scott Kane like presents this energy of like I'm this Lothario, I fuck all the time. I'm also a moron. Really, all I care care about is just fucking and fighting, and that's like his vibe. He doesn't really hook up with any women in this movie. It's just like it's yeah, it's constantly just. Uh, him being upset with Jesse James or him being caught or in trouble. And he's never like, he, he's never developing um, relationships outside of almost not even with his, with his younger brother. Like there isn't really a whole lot of Scott Kane and younger brother relationship stuff mm -hmm. because it's oddly the younger brother again has more of like to do and his character has its arc more with Jesse James than mm -hmm. anything else. And and then uh, what's Frank James? Like, cause they, you know, they even have the conversation about, you know, um, like his involvement. They also have another conversation again after he dies of just, you know, we shouldn't have let him do this, but we know why he did this and having those conversations twice in the movie, because that's kind of, uh, not kind of, it is the arc of the younger, uh, the younger of the youngers. John Connor. Uh, is it John Connor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the relationships of, of the people. It's just like, those don't really come out because they're, they are all are true narcissists in this movie. They all just care about their fame and themselves. I mean, not, I mean, Jesse James has a romantic, has the, the romantic relationship, but right oh. down the line of all of them, like they all kind of just care about where they fit within the bit, the wanted poster and everything. Like, I mean, the younger, right. younger one is just like the, the apprentice, I guess. And he's just, it's just all stereotype characters and, yeah. and all that. And then there's just the, the weird, guy with the rabbit foot that like his ex-wife and the dog i don't know but they're they're all they all just fucking care about themselves 
and they don't but i mean then jesse james even goes to that direction too and they're i don't know they're they're back and forth is just like just having fun and and then and and having the chemistry i guess was okay but it just didn't match with the nature of their character like none of this movie showed the faults of fucking bank robbing murdering confederate soldiers this told the story of fucking danny ocean just having a good time with his with his buddies and robbing shit and like being suave debonair dudes while while they're doing it and caring about you know which is a prevalent thing like i love butch cassidy and stuff and they they also cared about like their fame and 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 everything and in in its own way it's like that's that's a part of it in in a sense at the time with with these guys and outlaws and everything but i mean i guess more of a grand statement about the movie is that it just seemed like they were so much more interested in doing like a like a part one of the serials of jesse james like those little books that she was reading at the end they just wanted to sure. tell one of those stories of like, hey, it's Jesse James. He's just running, riding around, robbing banks and giving Robin Hood style, just giving, taken from the rich and given to the poor. And we all love him. And and that's a lot of the movies that were happening at this time. If I can get, I don't know, I, I just I'll get into that, I guess it was just like I was thinking of like Zorro. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking early 2000s. Yeah, just. Oh man, there was there was some there were some others now, and I'm just kind of kind of blanking. But um, night, I don't know, Night's Tale as far as just like taking that modern sensibility and adding it mm-hmm. to like an old like oh it's like an medieval movie. We're putting fucking rock and roll in it, and it's gonna be for the kids and the boys, and they're gonna want to be you know Heath Ledger jousting and and hearing We Will Rock You while he's doing it. And this movie starts with a fucking rock and roll song. While they're yep. just riding down, wants to be that. riding down yeah. the prairie, and it looks like a combination music video, Calvin Klein ad, or or something. I, I I don't know, or like a commercial. The problem with that is, is that the movie looks like dog shit. Yeah, it does kind of look like daytime TV as well. It looks very much like daytime TV. I texted you that picture. Of, I couldn't uh, download it. I couldn't see. Yeah, you te- you sent me this picture. I couldn't see it. Maybe you can. Let me try. Let me try again. But continue. Yeah, so I sent you this picture of this oh, there it is. shot. This shot that mm-hmm. was actually framed interestingly. Mm-hmm. Like there was it wasn't it wasn't just shot straight ahead. Like here the subject is I need to fit the subject in the little box in the center of the lens. Mm-hmm. Like it isn't just that. Even then they couldn't get that. There was this scene where Jesse James and Allie Larder are I guess I should say Colin Farrell and Allie Larder are. Uh, I just think Veronica Vaughn, <laughs> Billy totally. Madison. I don't know. I haven't seen her in like anything else. I I saw her. I was thinking about it. Um, I saw her in person, and I believe I was with you. Yeah. We were at that. Oh. What was the name of the, What was the name oh. of that like Mexican vegan place? Hugo's. Hugo's. I saw her with her husband. Oh, who is the, I never looked. You, you, you said you saw her behind me, and I never looked behind because I didn't want to embarrass myself <laughs> <laughs> or cut, cut, draw attention. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but it was Allie Larder, and then she was with her husband, who was the partner of uh, Angie Tribeca. Oh, like the the guy. Oh, oh that that show with Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
That's funny. Like the, he's like a tall, like kind of goofy looking guy. Yeah, he's pretty goofy. If, but I love that. I yeah, he just looks like he could play a series of douchebags. Just like <laughs> she, she she could play a series of bitches. But like to for him to play uh, just like this dorky, goofy guy, it's a good look. It's a good vibe. Yeah, Angie Trey Beck is a funny show. It is. Like it, show it's on. really funny. And 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 yeah, I, it's like that naked gum humor. I miss it. Yes. And, and I watched I that Barb and star go to Vista Del Mar movie. Oh, and there's okay. a lot of that kind of humor. And it's like, yeah, it's not the funniest. I don't know. It's not like the best movie, but it's just like trying to make you laugh. And it's, and it's having like sure. good, honest, like funny jokes in it and, and situational things with funny people, funny people. I don't know. It's just a lot of those like little naked gun things and, and Leslie Nielsen thing that just kind of like, make you giggle just kind of like oh that's that's so silly right it's like saying silly words you know just that itself is funny and you know that humor where it's like you know the phone will be a banana or whatever right <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh, that, oh my god that's you know that's so funny that that phone's a banana yeah it's not it's <laughs> that not is like funny a, i'm just laughing thinking about it <laughs> exactly it's not you know a comedy genius or maybe it is mm, maybe. Um, <laughs> jury's still out <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah that's okay this isn't the aging trade back of podcasts even though that would be that would be fantastic a banana as a phone yeah, that might be the funniest joke that's a good bit well okay so to come back to this movie is this movie's trying to be funny this oh, yeah. movie's trying to have a shitload of fun, they were laughing a lot on set yeah it and it seemed like it it showed like there are oh man one thing that stick stuck out of my mind of just how the tone of this movie really just doesn't fit at times is like so they are robbing the uh train and the move is they're going to have TNT barrels in the front. So then the music, the sh way it's shot is intense. They're coming in. They're going to break into this thing. They get up to the, uh, not the caboose, the um, the front of the train. And then, you know, they got this guy by gunpoint. You're like, they're trying to build up the tension. Like, we're going to just fucking shoot you. And then they reveal, here's our plan. There's TNT. You need to stop this train. And then, so he stops it. And then <laughs> they pull the barrels down and show you that they're completely hollow. Like there's this dedicated shot of these barrels are hollow. And then and he's the, like, Oh shit. You dirty devil. And it just isn't that funny. It's not that funny. <laughs> well, what it does, it just completely undermines any sense of tension or, mm -hmm. or, um, conflict and this movie i will i can go scene by scene and and highlight as we if we go along through this every single moment of like oh here's a problem oh it's solved moving on like i mean even okay. even already it's like they oh this can the civil war is over we were on the confederate side and we committed war atrocities oh we no consequences let's just go home and then there are consequences. Yeah, so I mean, okay, and, okay. There are there are consequences, but that like I don't know. There's a lot of times where like their their problems they just kind of even when the consequences do happen, they kind of fucking laugh it off. And still, like the biggest thing are are deaths in the movie. Probably, yeah, the mom, Kathy Bates, and the and the youngest one. But yeah, okay. I, her, I mean, I can uh, I can get to the next part. 
No, but one thing is that I'll say, because we kind of uh, missed it, is that on their way back home, they enter back into their, like, town before they kind of ride off to their home. Mm -hmm. And then then there's a person they know that is hung in the center. Mm. And again, this is where the tone of the movie presents itself like, oh, this is going to be a really, you know, this is going to show the um, the brutal nature of this time period and the transition from the civil war ending into a more civilized time. And it shows the brutal nature of that because there's just a man clearly hung in the middle of this town center. They're like, Oh, we know that person. They go to talk and then they go to seek out the father. Uh -huh. That's how we're introduced into Allie Larder's character because she is the sister of the person who was hung. Mm -hmm. The father then tells um, just the Jameses because at this point, I guess, yeah, like, uh, Scott Kane. And so the, I looked this up because this guy looked familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't well, look him up. Uh, Bob Younger or so there's Bob Younger, Jim Younger and Cole Younger. So mm -hmm. there's the three younger boys. Uh, Bob Younger is this guy who's, he's just got a weird face and it wasn't, mm -hmm. and I, I looked him up and he was in a movie that I, um, that I've seen him in. But one thing that I thought was really interesting is that he has a story by credit on toy story four. So this huh. guy knows how to write and like, and his comedy, the way that he presented it had this like fun, loving nature to it, where I did really enjoy some of his bits where it's a lot of him just being, you know, kind of, swept up in the shadow of the Jameses, but mm -hmm. really kind of having fun with it mm -hmm. and being like, you guys are, you know, you guys are getting us into trouble again. And being that character of kind of it being a little bit of a nag of saying like, Oh, you guys are so crazy. You're so this um, gregarious, whatever, you know, you're going to get people into trouble. He's that the, like that voice of, of reason. But also making light of just, you know, he's also being the reciprocant of um, this fame and fortune. And kind he's of like the Michelangelo of the turtles. And I don't know, because Jesse James' brother is more kind of like the voice of reason. And he's kind of like the party dude that kind of like, once they separate, yeah, I guess he turns into that for Sean or Scott Kane or whatever. Kind of right. He's kind of the voice of reason for Scott Kane. He's like the... He's yes, he's the calm one because Scott Kane is very up in the you know very hot headed mm -hmm. and just goes and does whatever that he feels like and yeah for the sure, Raphael like, if you will. Sorry, mm -hmm. I got Ninja Turtles on the mind. <laughs> turtle talk. It's turtle talk. Um, the thing that I recognized him in was The Office. He's he plays Wolf. Who I saw that. Who who's Wolf? I mean, I'm familiar with The Office, but Wolf is like. Junior you, oh, you remember the guy that plays Badger? Like, he, Dwight has these two friends. There's Wolf, and then there's... Uh -huh. Moses. Uh, Moses is part of it. I guess there's three. I just wasn't thinking, because Moses is like his brother or whatever. But Wolf is the guy that has, like... Like, plants traps. He's like the traps guy. I think I'm looking at the picture. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, kind of remember him. He's not really much of it though. Right? No, no, no. He looks like, no, no. he looks to me like if you remember out of just his face or whatever, and his whole look kind of reminds me of the guy from the beginning of inception. That's like, doesn't get the carpet right on, uh, for the original job for Ken Watanabe. And then they like take him away in the helicopter and like kill him or like, they're going to, 
Ken Watanabe, like the reason, like you remember that whole original job they're trying to pull on Ken Watanabe and then they like mm. throw him on the carpet and he's like, the carpet doesn't feel right. That whole thing. Yep. And it's a different color. Yeah. And the guy who's responsible for it, uh, he's kind of got this long hair, kind of like interesting face as well. Anyways, just the interesting face talk. <laughs> yeah. Interesting <laughs> face with he's like some longer like... hair. Yeah. He's got one of those faces where like so much of what's going on on your face is like in a small area. <laughs> and there's like a lot of like there's a like lot of stuff happening a little outside bit. of that yeah he's just got a he's got a tight face that's why i love uh, westerns though man or like i mean i'm not a huge western guy and i've never heard of this movie probably i don't know i don't know who has and if you are a true fan of western you probably even heard of this movie either because it's not i don't know mm. but uh just the interesting types of people that they good. that they put on put in westerns and and everything i i love i love the the people that just like look like they belong in a western and they i like to think of the idea of like they go on an audition for this and and it's like yeah we're gonna take these old prospector looking fucks and put them in this in this movie in the town hall scene and everything and they get to be in a movie and look and look dirty and old and i don't know i just i, I, I love it and that like even the guy that whatever we can get into him too with the the rabbit foot he's just in, interesting looking dude too that just seems like he belongs in in a Western or just some sort of period piece, you know, cause it's just like a, yeah, not like a movie, movie star looking person <laughs> necessarily. And I, I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you get, you get some shots. I mean, the movie is also so tight within like just the core group of people. Like there are shots where it's, there's, you know, more people. Um, but it's, it's just that funny thing about, yeah, it feels very TV almost. Where yeah. The city, the city just isn't really that full of people. It's really, um, Oh, it looks like yeah. aggressively like a set. A lot of the, the, the yeah. most, uh, obscene, vision of a of a set was the prison that jesse james was in like it looked just like oh fucking styrofoam goodness, dude i was just like laughing because the light hitting off it just looked like it was going to blow over any second mm -hmm. or just like he was going to like open the light and it just like was going to rip rip apart because it's like cardboard or some shit but i'll uh yeah and what a weird design in there where he's on chains and then he's able to just oh no like, that was the train that was the train <laughs> okay i'll get back into this so now we can we'll run through it um so blah 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 in actual these farmers well no we need to talk about the con so maybe where... when like the yeah like when um t doll and and uh and Locke from lost i don't know if you watched lost it's Locke from lost mm -hmm. show up at his farm and threat threaten him and they're gonna uh they want to build a railroad and it's going to go through their farm. So they got to sell it. Um, and then what did they call it? They they're selling it for like two, $2 an acre. They're like, the price is just going to go down. You might as well just sell it now. And then he, he tells them to shove it and they pull their little double pistols out. He always got, he always has the double pistols, man. I don't know. There's just something about that. It's just, yeah, that's so like early two thousands or something matrix or shit. or just kind of like, it just looks cool. Just do what looks cool and do what like, is fun and cool. It just that's what this whole movie is. It's just like them kind of being like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Do that. And like, oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, say that. Yeah. Just like on, on the day of or whatever. But Kathy Bates is in this movie and she brings gravitas as with uh, T-Doll and everything. And she brings like a legit Southern accent. Um, it, it is just painfully cheesy and corny and fucking stupid. Some of the stuff, like a lot of the stuff in this movie, I don't know how else to describe it besides just cheesy, 
just mm-hmm. like first pass sort of coming up with ideas sort of sort of things of like oh yes the mother has a huge connect like a deep connection with the lord and yep. and when what does she do she's like let me ask the lord and then she closes her eyes long yep, pause and then they're all just then it does that quick shot of everybody's <laughs> reaction to that and everybody's like oh, this woman's crazy and just that stereotypical like that's the direction of like okay so you don't you think she's crazy for doing this let me get that reaction okay you you you, you okay and and then she yeah she comes back with that and says that um you know he he told me what is it he told me to like to shut that yeah some shit yeah uh, something to that effect but like like, only kathy bates could could deliver that in like a fun way or a way that's like somewhat convincing because it is such a stupid thing like it's such a to try to try just okay you're gonna close your eyes and you're gonna talk to the lord for a second and then you're gonna you're gonna tell him Mm -hmm, what the lord mm -hmm. the lord said um but yeah they he, they tell him to fuck off. That's that's pretty much. Um, do you have anything else to say about that scene? Or no, I would just say, and you're alluding to it a little bit, is that Kathy Bates, is, I think, has a good handle on what type of movie I think this should have been. Which is, she was, you know, we're introduced to her character mm. where she's saying things like, "How many Yanks did you kill?" and having kind of this funness to it. Like oh, she thinks yeah. that she's in a in Yanks. You know, I love, yeah, killing Yanks. Um, so weird, man. And so she never thinks she's in, a satiric, <laughs> she's in a satirical comedy of the West. Like, every, she thinks that this movie is going to be pretty, like, she's almost playing a character, uh, she's playing, like, the mother in uh, Waterboy, essentially. She's giving that kind of energy where she's playing a stereotypical version oh of goodness. this mother in, in this movie. It's around, the, around the same time. Mama, uh, Abdullah Amblagata. <laughs> See, that's the thing. And like, if I had seen this movie, <coughs> if I had seen this movie at the time, I think I would have liked it as a as a child. I think I would have had a fun time because I just like these dudes playing cowboys, just having a great time doing like action shit and everything. And I liked Mission For Impossible sure. too at that age. Like, I I was just down to watch like fun action movies and things that didn't take themselves too seriously. And, and, uh, and I could follow the story and this was very easy to follow and not a challenge, not a challenging movie. (laughs) Not at all. This is, uh, uh, yeah. Unassuming, unchallenging. Uh, yeah. Just very, uh, sparse. And yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but the whole stuff with time and the way that this movie, and you even commented, and I, I'm at least up to my understanding in the text you sent me about it being a tight 90. <laughs> and I completely agree with you because it would go so quickly through like, here is this scene. Okay. Now we're at like, we yeah. are, uh, a lot of time has passed. We yeah. are at the next step and it's very quick. There is a time span like in that necessarily like in, in what that time is representing in the character arc. Mm. It is just everything is so utilitarian. Like we need to get these characters into the end of this movie as like cost effective. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, this movie I think was still $35 million. I mean, God, it looked like you could have made it for $3 million. I, don't I know. mean, there's all the money probably went to pyrotechnics because the, the explosions in this oh, movie my. were just 
insane. Outrageous. I get that there's dynamite Out. at this time, but I don't know, man. There was just fire like it's fireballs uh, going uh, so high up into the air and like uh just a lot of fucking explosions in this movie. Just and just huge, huge, large, big ex- explosions for for a western and I I was just uh thought it thought it was such a priority for them the action and in this and and that was like the thing that they they the set pieces and and those moments were were very important for them to nail and and get those explosions and i guess they got that part i i don't know (laughs) the problem is is that the director doesn't know how to shoot action well like the the way that it was directed and shot was just wholly uninteresting like yeah there were explosions in it but there was very few moments where you felt like you know again it had a problem with keeping tension because it's like is this a funny silly movie or is this a serious action movie where people are getting fucking murdered Mm -hmm. like pick a lane because (laughs) I, i it's it's incredibly hard to do well like i'm gonna have this romp and then everybody is going to be in peril you know potentially killed i mean people do die in this movie but and even the you know kathy bates again like her ending seemed almost comedic to me which again oh do you want to talk about i it's just well okay so we've kind of alluded to so there's the you know um lock from lost and timothy dalton like lock from lost is the in between and between the owner um his name is harris yulin he's in a bunch of stuff i can't remember off the top of my head yeah. but he's in a ton he of looks shit. really familiar and, and he is the railroad owner essentially so there's Locke, who is the go between timothy dalton and the railroad owner cuz the railroad owner the timothy dalton the railroad owner eventually have a conversation and have a scene together which is just so fucking stupid where he's like what are you trying to say <laughs> and then you get lines like that man the lines in this movie this was also not a well written movie because people would just have really stupid lines or it would be a lot of non sequiturs where i say this one line to you and then i'm like gonna talk about something completely different in the very next thing that i utter out of my mouth it's just so disjointed and it's like i mean sometimes this is not how people normally talk like you're just in action speak mode and again what kind of movie are we in are we you know are we not going to talk as much when we're, you know, having gun battles because people could die? Or are we going to have a ton of fun? No one's in peril and everybody's joking and having a blast and just, you know, has mm. shouting to each other across battlefields and doing all of that stuff. It's like you got to. It, mostly that mostly just like fun, just just fun, fun stuff. So so, so whenever the yeah. drama does come, you're just kind of like, what? And, what? It, and there's no weight to it. And there's the stakes that are presented just don't seem. I don't know as, as important or just like, as if like there's, there's something bad is truly going to happen. And that is really frustrating for me after having such like, I don't know the, the norm almost is throughout kind of classic Westerns and everything is that the bad guys get their comeuppance and Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form, they show their faults and all their things that they've done come up to bite them in the ass, especially the ones that are leading the charge or they, or they have to take stock of, of what consequences come to them when all the things catch up to them and other people around them are hurt, which does have like the people, other people around them do get hurt, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, so, so 
it, it, it never think, really yeah it's never really it's not never affects them i don't know i never affects yeah them. it's not like you're saying the time just goes even, like oh someone's okay we're on to the next thing now like they're i don't know it just there's no weight right there's totally. no weight to anything yeah i guess i'll save it until we get closer to the end oh uh, yeah, yeah i can so, i can blow through some more um da, 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 da. We, um, so it's, it's pretty the, much the scott kane with uh, then the, this next part right is like frank james finds the robo but doesn't want to doesn't even need their land. They're just buying it as cheap as they can to get to push the railroad through. James and Younger Brothers don't want to sell, and Cole Younger, Scott Kane, loses his temper when several railroad men approach him about selling and kills two of them, which is off-screen, just, just happens off-screen, and someone comes back to report it after they already, like, presented something. I'm curious if, like, they just didn't want to shoot that or something, or they didn't have the time or money or or they just cut it out. The army decides to hang him. Since they were working for the government, he faces charges of treason. But his brother's Bob... And Jim Younger, along with Jesse James and Frank James, decide to rescue him with some help from Z. During the rescue, Jesse is shot in the shoulder and has to hide out at Z's farm. Yeah, so, I mean, that that scene is fun. Like, I do, uh, you know, where they're doing the leading up to the hanging. And I thought it was pretty fun that uh, Frank James, you know, took out the guy up at the top and did the whole, like, wave, fake wave. <laughs> I, I'm into that. I'm here for that, that stuff. Smile, that smile, man. I don't know. Something about that smile is just like, oh. I know. His, I know. <laughs> his shitty eating grin is, yeah. yeah, he's just like, I'm such a smart little stinker. Yeah. I'm just getting. <laughs> You know, because, gotcha. yeah, but hit, I, we haven't talked about, but Frank James has presented himself and just t they talk about like it is so much his identity that he's the smarter guy, mm -hmm. even though how much smart shit does he actually do in the movie? He seems to be someone who doesn't step forward enough in moments of uh, strife within the group and everything. He seems almost just too soft spoken and too neutral on on a lot of everything and like go with go with the flow i i don't know he, he didn't really seem to me to have like a huge defining trait besides just like backing up being smart uh yeah yeah he's the donatello if you will mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh and just backing up whatever i mean i guess the the closest was when he mediated the thing of like well, you guys are both leaders and two heads are better than one. And it's just like, that just seemed like a prolong prolonging the issue and the problem that was presenting itself rather than like nipping it in the bud. He just seemed to kind of just, yeah, go with, go with what other people were saying and, and whether like they were going to continue doing jobs was completely up to Jesse. And he didn't really have the agency to kind of just be like, well, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm in love with girl too or something. And it, only Jesse was the only one to have that, not that like they ever need a romantic entanglement or something because that would have dragged and been annoying as well. But it just, what did they want? I don't know. They were, they were, and this was another dynamic that really bugged me too, is that they were the ones that kept wanting to drag Jesse James back in when Jesse James is like, nah, I'm done. This is, this is my last one, which is, I guess like later we keep jumping around, but just that, uh, I, I did not go in line with who I always thought and who, my my little general knowledge of Jesse James as an actual person is just the complete opposite of that. They, they mm. like he was the one that kept kept going, and you know, or like all of them kind of kept going until they all met their ends in in very not not great I'm ways sure. and not successful ways that mm -hmm. is perceived in in this movie. But uh, yes, but they are successful in in getting Scott Scott Kane out of there. He's 
he shoot yeah the what it happens the sharpshooter uh he shoots like the the notch right when he's about to pull it or something right mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the brother yeah frank james mm-hmm. yeah and then they get and him then, out of there and, and jesse then, james he takes the stampede of horses into it oh so many horses like, so many horses like yeah where did he like get all those horses the funny thing is, is in that moment, you could see a lot of the size of the town and it's seriously like five buildings, <laughs> just like in this kind of T shape. Yeah. And because they because yeah. they got to do these like bigger establishing shots, because, yeah, it was a fuckload of horses. They got ran, ran into there. And uh, again, the just so many great shots of Timothy Dalton just like looking at Jesse James in admiration for <sighs> his, you know, this plan's working. He's, you know, oh, look how brave he is. He's riding. There's this slow-mo shot of Jesse James on the back of a horse kind of towards the back of the stampede, and he's coming in, and, you know, he's doing, um, oh, man, so much. The explosions, too, right? Wasn't that, didn't he, was that the moment where he uh, had the dynamite and he was tossing it pretty willy-nilly, or was that another one? I think that's a different time. I don't know. There's okay. there are a lot of fucking explosions, and I, yeah, I, I just remember him running with the horses like through, and then they all kind of gather together, and then T Doll's kind of the last stand, and then he shoots him shoots him in the chest, and then he he mm-hmm. smacks him with the horse, and then that's how he T Doll gets his leg injury, and they just they just kind of ride off. Um, yeah. So then, so after that, Jesse that James chest injury. Is like, man, it, fuck. He's he's got that injury, which again it was so funny how it was supposed Who's, to be presented uh, T- like T- Dahl or uh, Jesse James. Uh, Jesse James. So we get into Jesse James is brought back into um, the Alley Logger's dad's house, and so now he's on bed rest because he was shot, and that when that happens, so pretty quickly into his arrival, like almost immediately, it seems like. Um, like police or whatever come to the house and then they have this fun little bit where she you know gets undressed and then pretends like she's sleeping to cover him up they come in and they're like oh i'm sorry and then you know she's got this this whole you know thing ready to go um problem solved moving on problem solved. yeah right like there's never another scene where the police are coming after them or there's this continued pursuit (laughs) and also the movie starts pausing as he grows in fame that like you know where he is he's here why like what what is this cat mouse game that which was just so it's it's alluded through copious amounts of montages where it's just like Mm. the guy's sitting in the room like ah what do we do he keeps and then he's just robbing banks oh here's another shot of him robbing a bank and they're just like oh he we missed him again oh it's like another montage whatever but yeah the, yes. and, and that, that, whole, okay, that to... whole injury like fuck that fuck that chest injury i don't know oh. there was no way to it like he i don't no. know if you remember was it a thing where it's like two weeks later or it really yeah. literally felt like the night and then that he woke up the next day and he's like yeah it passed right through or i don't know what an irish southern accent is like Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a pastel right through or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, they mentioned two characters mentioned that it's been two weeks. Um, oh, because okay, they got it. They're, they're they're talking outside. Allie Larder's talking outside to somebody, or I I can't remember. It's probably the brother, and then. Um, 
mentions two weeks there then almost right after he gets up he's he says to ali larder it's been two weeks of bed rest oh, i'm over God, it to okay. that effect jesus um I, I need i need to get out of here okay. uh or move around so they say that it's been two weeks but it was so the funny editing is awful in that just case real quick before they uh he the two weeks that happen is Allie Larder looks at Jesse James and she's in bed, not clothed. And then he has this little, like this, he makes this little face like, Ooh, this is sexy. And then she's like, Oh, you're fine. And then that bit happens where, yeah, he's just, even though he's uh, near death, he's, you know, not, he's not dead yet. So he's still turned on by the fact that she's in the bed with him. <laughs> and then she's got to like swat him oh, down he's and be fine. like, you fucking, you horny devil. You, you're fine. <laughs> you know? And so there's a way to, way to that injury is totally gone. And then there's a, always a funny way out of any issue. And like, they'll, not only will they find an easy way out, but also it'll be funny and it'll be comical. Right. Or they'll have a good time doing it. <laughs> they're just they're having fun everybody's having fun they're having fun uh, you're having fun it's it's great you don't have to like pay attention fully you can just be oh yeah he's no, gonna get not. he's gonna get better he got shot it's yeah he'll get better yeah because then as the movie ramps up into him um becoming jesse james like it really just doesn't give a shit about a lot of what's happening it starts becoming pretty repetitive like yep he's just yeah things. yeah you're like you're seeing a little bit of the, the that middle that he's doing movie, but it's mainly yeah. it's mainly an expository dialogue like oh mm -hmm. this church got yes. built or whatever and all that actually i should say all that expository dialogue is coming mainly from a conversation that timothy dalton is having with the owner of the railroad in this pretty gregarious uh, room or what uh, it looks like this <laughs> war room and they're and this is where I post this on Twitter, the conversation where Timothy Dalton is having to explain to the railroad owner that this is going to take time. It's this whole dumb conversation about Timothy Dalton letting him know it's going to be a long winter. It's going to be yeah. a long spring yeah. because he's got to like, this guy is so fucking intelligent. I'm going to have to just watch every one of his moves. He's slowly revealing himself to us and all of his strategy and all of this, you know, uh, cleverness and intelligence and the whole time I'm like what the fuck are you talking about Timothy Dalton he the guy all we've seen oh, we haven't really seen outside of like quirky more fun uh, like in the moment we haven't seen any We've seen some planning in the um, rescuing of Scott Kane, sure. But the plan really isn't that complicated. It's like we're going to just yeah. prepare ourselves around around the uh, town, and then we're going to create a large distraction, and then we're going to rescue him. And it also seems really haphazardly a little bit, where, yeah, I guess you could say that there might be a little bit of forethought into Frank James being on top of the roof and being able to shoot the, um, the executioner before Scott king gets killed but there's nothing done by this group where you're like oh my god these are fucking criminal masterminds right we're back we had some technical difficulties uh i'm mm -hmm. not sure exactly where we cut off but we're we're getting back into it um continue please continue brandon yeah um so we were talking about the Jesse gang or in, you know, internally conflicting about the name. Why isn't it called the younger gang? And so we're seeing 
everybody come to their rise of power. And we just um, came off the conversation about uh, Timothy Dalton and Thaddeus Reigns. Uh, you know, how do because that's the, you know, the main conflict of the movie is the Jesse gang stealing from the um, Reigns Corporation. So I'm trying to think. I can do the next part of the synopsis if yeah. you like. So yes. a few weeks later, when Jesse has recovered from his bullshit injury, uh, mm-hmm. I guess two weeks, man, I just, I fucking, it just felt like a day. I just refused to accept anything else with the editing. The railroad sets fire to the James home, killing Jesse's and Frank's mother, Kathy Bates. The James and younger brothers ride out for revenge against the railroad men, but instead of, but instead focus on the bank's payroll, reasoning that you could kill a hundred railroad men and they won't care. But if they steal the payroll and attack supply trains, the army will sit up and take notice. All right. Um, but yeah, dude, that Kathy Bates scene of her dying was just comical because it's it just was. everything. Of course, well, how, how it played out, but everything leading up to that is comical. But I already mentioned the size of the explosions. This might have been the largest explosion that happened. It was fucking massive. This the the explosion that blew up Kathy Bates' house to the point mm-hmm. where I'm like. Oh, she's disintegrating. Like there's no there's no need to show her anything, any part of Kathy Bates. We can move on, assume like show the funeral or something, because she is donezo. There's no part of her that is is alive. And if you did see her, it'd be a a, a, a husk of a of a body that you would that would disintegrate when you tried to remove it from the wreckage and it would have to be a closed casket. But no, what does she do? She comes stumbling out. <laughs> She's just she yeah featured on the side of the house. Yeah. She she starts on the outside. It looks There's like no she going was... in and getting her. She's just already on the outside after the explosion happened, and then she's like got you know a thin layer of black coal on her, and her hair's all she's got crazy. Some soot. There's nothing wrong with her body visibly. She just you know uh, comes out of the house and then collapses. She just looks in. dirty and like and, and, she looks, and, and smoked out. And then she looks like she's been in the oven, like a, like someone left her in the oven for a bit too long and forgot about her. And and uh, and she's there. There's nothing else wrong with her. She's not. She has no second degree burn, first degree burn. She just good. she's just dirty. And then she's, I don't know, she says something about seeing the Lord. I'm, I'm sure I don't quite exactly remember what, what it is, but, uh, and then she passes on <laughs> the most, I don't know. It just, it, there's certain things in this movie that just take all the weight out of, weight out of it. And they're like, in their minds, I'm sure they're like, well, we got Kathy Bates. We got Kathy Bates. We're not just going to kill her and not have her speak a beautiful little, whatever elegy to her sons or the camera or whatever, like she needs to have her moment. But the way that it was done, it just took, takes all the wind out of the, out of the sails for me. Cause you're just thinking like, how we're what <laughs> she's, she's just a right. little toast toasty. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it, again, the tone of the movie just really is struggle boss. It doesn't understand that yeah this it's just using her passing so shallow like it's such a shallow thing there isn't really there isn't anything leading up to necessarily her getting uh the house 
exploding other than the things that they're doing like i i get that the response of them stealing the money is this but there isn't really anything too specific that leads up to that it's just we have to move this plot along and in order to do that this person needs to pass away and it just treats the character really um yeah it's just like it doesn't have a whole lot of value because also too there isn't like a ton of character change that happens after that you know after that passing it's not like this fundamentally shakes the core of the james family no there's yeah they're sad about it for a yeah, hot second for, a, and then for they, half a scene the same with like the gun injury. It's just like that happened, and I mean the gun injury at least gets referenced later. I mean, oh, there is the oh, okay. I can, I'll just bring it up now, whatever. But the scene where he he confronts uh, Locke from Lost about Terry O'Quinn about mm-hmm. it. Uh, God, I was flummoxed by his reaction because he's like, what does he say? He's like, I know you killed my mom. And mm-hmm. and Terry O'Quinn's reaction is not anything of 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 malice or or like or any sort of reaction of of like I know or uh, yeah I I did I would have done it again or something. It's just like all he says is he looks completely bewildered, and then he looks at him. How did you know? Right. How did you How did you know that I killed your mom? Who the fuck else would kill his mom? Right. <laughs> Who the. This f- is the- who the fuck? And he's not even concerned with the fact that he's like being accused of murder. He's concerned with the fact, like, that he that he knows. He's like, oh, uh oh, somebody knows. I, you're trying to send a fucking message, and you don't even care to know to let the person know who the sender is. Then what kind of message is that person receiving? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Fucking, uh, like you want him to know it's you. Absolutely. Uh, they're yeah oh this movie that that made me so upset because it's just like that that would have been the the confrontation any sort of and all the weight is just drawn out of it rather than deal with the confrontation they're just like more concerned with how he knows about it or how he who fucking cares anyways (laughs) god Mm -hmm. damn uh that was that wasn't really annoying to me um so Dubbing themselves the James, yeah, we've already really gone through this and jumped around, but dubbing themselves the James Younger Gang, James Younger Gang, they set out robbing banks with Pinkerton and Rain struggling to stop them. Stop them. The impact of the James Gang is only increased when they commit the first daylight bank robbery in history, turning themselves into folk heroes in the process, which they're very, they jerk themselves off to that one. They're very happy yeah. about that, and we're supposed to be happy about it as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's an accomplishment in this movie. Eventually, the gang comes to blows over leadership with Cole Younger feeling that Jesse is getting an overblown ego from the publicity of his gang's activities. Jesse backs down after a bitter argument and lets Cole plan and execute a robbery. Cole's chosen target proves to be a trap set by Pinkerton and Reigns. Jim Younger is shot and killed, and Jesse and his brother, who are tired of the killing and fighting, leave the gang with Jesse later marrying Z. And this is done as quickly as I'm reading it right now. Absolutely. You may be thinking like, oh... Wow, they're, he's jumping a lot through the synopsis, and he kind of jumped. He kind of just jumped through those really big points. So do they. So do yep. they. <laughs> <laughs> they. They do the exact same thing. I don't know. I, I, it's it's oh. crazy. <laughs> it's it, it. Yeah, it's really insane because there is 
it's so easy seemingly the way the movie presents it for them to just stop and so there isn't a stereotypical like you see it really affecting colin farrell like you know we don't even really see him become this aside from some of these jokes about like yeah uh, you know that's a bad picture of me on the wanted poster like there isn't a whole lot going on with jesse's character where he is turning into this like huge-headed uh megalomaniac in the process he really isn't changing at all and then to come to yeah no. i get that there, there there's is a, a there's a couple mo- like it, it only comes on like much later i feel like when he's like at the the bar i think one one time and mm-hmm. he's kind of trying to call shots and everything but it's so minor any sort of conflict strife in this movie is so minor to me or it just doesn't have any again any weight sorry what were you saying no no that's exactly what i'm saying is like yeah there is no way to um yeah there's no way to almost anything this movie doesn't take itself seriously um yeah which is just frustrating at times but then other times it's enjoyable because yeah i mean if you kind of give into the film and just say oh this is just this fun romp with a bunch of you know uh cads and everything's gonna work itself out in the end for because it just has so much of that energy throughout the whole thing because yeah. there's never there's never a, aside from yes again losing people there's no yeah, there just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of repercussion. Um, I think it came to a head for me in when uh, Jesse James and Allie Larder go to like go off on their thing um, after the wedding, which that was just a you know fun bit of she's not going to have sex with him uh, before marriage, and then immediately he's like, well then let's go get married, and has that whole whirlwind um, relationship with her. I, but, yeah, and then there's back-to-back moments like, oh, well, I mean, maybe not back-to-back. They, that's not a big problem. Oh, we'll just go get married and have sex. Done. But even when he's like, I'm just going to put down my real name and be a fucking idiot because mm-hmm. I want it to be official. And I'm like, oh, that'll bite him in the ass because, like, that'll be official, like, on record. And if it's not the priest that'll get him, it'll be somebody else or, or something like that. Uh, but he's just like, oh, well, the church has a leaky roof. Can you just fix that? And he just slides on a bill and problem solves, man. Just move on with this movie. Just get to the next thing. Yeah. And then very soon after that, right, he, they get married and then he uses his real name and then they go off on this little vacay together and then he's busted there. And there's supposed to be this scene or... There is the scene, but it's supposed to be way more affecting and way more dramatic. They're in the water together. All of the men are lined up on the beach, the Pinkerton and his men. And like instantaneously, I don't how they did not see them line up is, I don't know, movie magic. Maybe I need to calm down a bit for dramatic effect. It's there, but it's still it's like they're just right near the shore. (laughs) Oh, right there near the shore. Their eyes were closed and they were macking, macking out for like five minutes yeah straight. and then you know she tells them don't turn around so that they can <laughs> live in that moment if we don't turn time. around it's not real it's not real if we turn around it's not real which again that is on paper you're like oh man this i can imagine this being so affecting like this guy's you know finally gets to the apex of his life or gets to what's perceived as a uh, cornerstone an important point and then it's going to get ripped away from him and so to just live on in that moment before the whole world changes should be 
yeah, way more interesting than it is, but it's not because there's everything happened so quickly. Um, and, and it devalues a lot of what's happened previously because if it, if all it took was him settling down roots to get caught, it just, it really made me think like, why didn't he just, why wasn't there more of a conflict sooner? I don't know. It just, it really made it seem like, again, why does all this time need to pass for Was it his analog? name in the record? I mean, getting married that, that got him caught? Like he just, cause I have no idea. Was there, there wasn't a reason, was there? I mean, if they actually mm -hmm. had alluded to that, that would have been nice to have like a, a, like something from earlier on in the movie having an effect on like later, later on in, in some way or having that that be a factor, but I don't know if I already mentioned it, but that truly was the most egregious time lapse for me was when he was like, nah, I'm done. I'm done robbing I'm banks. I'm going to, I'm, I'm out of here. And then the next scene he's in fucking was it Tennessee. Like who knows how much long, longer later is where they want, wanted to get married. New Orleans, or I think New Orleans. I don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. New and then, Orleans. and then they're just riding on the carriage down in New Orleans, Nolens, which by the way, she also was mad at him and burned the letter. That's never brought up. And she's instantly okay with like him proposing. And that's just never, she's like, Oh, okay. I'll get married. Yep. Yeah. Fuck it. I was mad at you. But now that you don't want to rob banks anymore, you can just tell me that I'm, I'm okay. We don't need to have a conversation about me burning this letter and what was in that letter besides just shitty poetry that your brother wrote, but there's no, you know, conversation of it later i don't know that the next scene they're just in that carriage and that was the most just like head spin vert moment for me and then it goes back to the other and they have already like formed their other bigger gang and, and gone um double down on on robin shit but that was just oh boy that was to be able for him to there's always that thing of like oh i keep on trying to get out but they keep pulling me back in and for him to just be like right. No, I'm done. And then he's just yeah. done. He gets yeah. caught or whatever, but he's he really truly that. is like done and yep. he leaves and it's like pretty much that easy. And it moves on to the next thing. I appreciate that he got caught, but I almost would rather him just fucking get gunned down and then <laughs> that part. Totally. <laughs> and then have her, you yeah. know, just have to deal with deal with that loss and and marry his brother or something. <laughs> Right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to try to rewrite this movie because this, this movie is what it is. Like I, I'm not going to, I won't do that with the, with this one because it's just, you can't take one piece out without, it's just, it is, there's, you'd have to change the whole entire thing. And it, it is what it is. And, and it's a, uh, it's, it's a fun romp and, and that's what they're doing. So he gets caught. Uh, do you, are you okay with moving on to the next part? Yeah, yeah, we're about uh, when Jesse about and Z attempt to. Uh, yeah, when Jesse and Z attempt to start a new life, Pinkerton finds and arrests Jesse during the train ride to the jail. Set piece: Jesse is cha mm -hmm. chained in a rear car, but manages to trick one of the deputies into showing his gun, which he uses to escape the top of the train car. Mean, I'll just keep going. And finish this out. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Z and the remainder of the gang shoot a cannon at the locomotive, stopping the train. That cannon shot was accurate. And rescuing Jesse, yeah. they confronted in, in the final, and the train stops so quickly. Confronted in the final moments by the two men he's come to hate, Jesse shoots neither Reigns nor Pinkerton, but rather Reigns' prized watch, a treasured gift from his father. Pinkerton tells Jesse through gritted teeth that he should go to Tennessee as the railroad has no interest in Tennessee, and therefore neither does Pinkerton since Pinkerton's being paid by the railroad. 
Done. Brilliant. Solved. Done. Happy Solved. ending. Problem. See you later. Uh, yep. Get him. Uh, get out of there. Oh. Get out. Get, enjoy yourselves. Let's show like a fucking scene of them walking through a bar like it's another Calvin Klein ad, and and have all like the the gratuitous shots of everybody while you walk out of the theater and and go enjoy yourselves and your hour and a half movie watching day and get back to your get back to your lives. <laughs> don't Absolutely. ever think about this movie ever fucking again <laughs> nope <laughs> oh god um but yeah so that he was that chain the the way that he was he was chained up was the only reason for that was for a way for him to get out like there's there's no other reason why there's a huge pipe going through a train up on top and how would it have structurally structural integrity in a I mean, I guess in a, in a, in a, in a, in a train, I guess it, it could, but why there's no reason in, in a carriage car to just have a, a single singular pipe going across. And then he has two, his, his hands chained going all the way up to the pipe, loosely wrapped tied around the pipe back down to his hands that are, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, that are chained up. And they're like at chest level, uh, the way that they're hanging. And he can slide all the way up and down that the length of the pole because the chain is not locked in any way above. There are no notches. There is nothing that is is stopping him from moving forward and back if he wanted to. And what does the guy do? He walks right up to him with the gun, his little tiny gun that he kept, and and has it gets kicked in the balls like an asshole <laughs> and then just oh and then God. that slide across was just like of fucking course that's why like yeah there's no question so in my mind seeing that i'm like oh that's a weird way oh i know why he's in the yeah and it's just like a yeah. direct line to the gun the gun uh rack that's across the room Oh, I know. Yeah. Just yep, stuff like that. And there was the other one too. If I can go back as well, if you don't mind, that that yeah. one uh, where you know the one guy dies. Like I think the the rabbit foot guy dies, and uh, John Connor. I think at the end of that scene, but when they're confronted in that bank, they have to jump over that table. There's like. 10 to 15 dudes that are just unloading on that table. They don't, it, the bullets somehow don't go through that table. Colin Farrell mm-hmm. jumps out, does like a barrel roll with his dual wielding guns. The other two, I think Scott Kane and his brother sit behind the table. And this is just confounding to me. And they just sit there and wait until all of those guys keep shooting their guns. And then they just all run out of ammo at the same time. Mm-hmm. At the exact same time. And they all start looking at their guns like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, what a weird... I've never seen that in a gun gunfight, I feel like, where... I mean, except unless it's in, like, Revolutionary War where everyone has to... Okay, we shoot one shot and then we all reload and we have... Or, and then mm-hmm. there's other guys that have their guns loaded in this gun line or something, but... It's for them to all be shooting at such a pace to all run out at the same time and not, like... Oh, I ran out before you. I'm gonna start reloading while you keep shooting, or like reloading. I don't know. There's just no. They're just like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, we're out of ammo. And then they just get up and then point their guns, and then it's over. Then they win. 
Yep. It, it, yeah, it just the film presents that this is, yeah. I mean, why don't most that must be the strategy, right? I mean, it just is such <laughs> a, a strategy, a simple strategy. Okay, you just wait behind cover, everybody runs out of guns at the same time. You pop up and you go, Hey, I gotcha, and then done. Boom. I see. I waited. I'm patient. I, I waited. I, I'm patient, and then now, bang, you're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, and that was actually the scene then, right? Where, yeah, the because it's he. Ex- I can't remember exactly how it goes. So he escapes from the train. So we have that whole scene. And then there's another bank robbery right afterwards. There's no, that's more. the, that's the last set pieces, the train. And then they, um, they resolve everything after that. And the movie's over after oh, the train, that, 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 that bank robbery scene is kind of like what should be the butch cat, the end of the butch Cassidy movie where it's like, no, we're going to do this one more job. Then we're done. We don't mm-hmm. have to think about this anymore. And then everyone's just fucking waiting there for them. And then you get the, you know, the classic Butch Cassidy ending where they just, you know, they presumably, yeah, they all get gunned down. Um, mm. That famous last shot of Butch Cassidy, uh, which it just seems like this movie is trying to be some, I don't know, maybe not, it's just trying to be a little bit of everything. But it has has elements of that, which are just so, water, yeah, watered down and, and not fully that. But that's that's essentially what that would have been. And, and instead, they just they off the least important character and then the youngest dude, John Connor, which yeah, I guess his defining characteristic, he's just, he's just green and he's, he's young and he's trying to be, uh, he's trying to be what his, his, um, heroes are his his older compatriots right. and, and shit like that. But I don't know. Just, it's yeah, it is. It is what it is. I, I really have no no care for any of these characters, any of these characters, because the the movie presents itself as or the the characters, at least and the movie just present itself as the two most empathetic characters, the ones that you should be caring about the most and the ones that you are on the side of the most are Jesse James, like a notorious murder bank robber and only i didn't realize he was a part of the confet he he was a part of the confederate army and there's numerous war atrocities that he was a part of some people Mm -hmm. say question how much he was a part of certain ones but he was not a good dude and there's no there's no part of that the closest is that he gets yeah like a little narcissistic and a little like worried about his fame on on wanted posters is like the worst part of him that's presented in this movie and the other person is Pinkerton who Mm -hmm. like, I don't know in any Western movie, you always fucking hate Pinkertons. If you're a cowboy, like, I don't know if you're trying to ingratiate or like, you're trying to have an anti-hero, even if you're trying to have someone that, that robs banks or whatever and and everything. And and like, ah, those damn Pinkertons or or something, or you're, you're telling a story like, I don't even like hell or high water, like a more recent, like that's kind of like a modern Western, uh, that movie or something. It's like, you you care for Chris Pine and you don't understand Ben Foster's the loose cannon and everything, but like you're interested in to see how this plays out and you, and you do care for those characters. And even some of that movie you could argue is, is you could, it's a little predictable, some of it, but just, it's so much, Mm -hmm. so much better pace and, and the characters are have back, ground and and stakes and they're fucked up and and there's a reason that they're robbing these banks it's just like they just leave them the civil war and like oh what are we gonna do next i don't know i guess fuck it like let's or i guess they're trying to help the town they're trying to robin hood it out out a bit they get that first eight thousand they're like let's just split it amongst each other and they have that whole conversation whether they're gonna split it or not and scott kane is the one that's eventually like no we should 
we should give it to the to the community and, and everything like that. So they weren't even originally going to do that. And I'm not even sure how much Jesse James, the actual person, actually Robin Hood style kind of uh, gave gave stuff away. But that was such at odds for me. And I think that at, at the at the time this movie came out, had I seen it, yeah, I would have had a much, I think I would have had a good time watching this movie and it had like Jerry Bruckheimer, Pirates of the Caribbean kind of energy as well, where it's just kind of like, but the pirates in that movie, even in a Disney movie were miscreant, like kind of just, uh, just, they were pirates and they're talk about how, how, how shitty pirates are, and they, and they're, you can't, they can't mm-hmm. be trusted and everything. And there was, these were not anti-heroes. They just made them heroes. And yeah. uh, this catch me if you can back and forth with with T Doll while it was kind of the funniest, kind of the funnest part of the movie was that that back oh, and for forth. Sure. While they didn't Absolutely. somehow they didn't follow through. They didn't realize that and follow through with it hundred percent because I think they could have been more clear about that relationship between them two or, or something. Mm. But uh, the T Doll liked Jesse James more than he liked the railroad guy. And that was something that was kind of just, that was fun for me to think about. But I just, I don't know, like something like you just watch, it doesn't, this movie does not hold up. In this day day and age, this movie does not fucking hold up. I don't want to watch a movie about a bunch of white, white dudes that are on the, I know they're, it's fucking, fucking Jesse James. It's not just any white dudes, but it's just like a bunch of white dudes that are part of a Confederate army, leave the Confederate army, go rob banks and fall in love and are best buds and they have a couple little issues or whatever but they they come out on top and and they go live happily ever after it's like no i don't want to watch i don't want to watch those guys win like it'd be it'd be interesting to learn about their story like i love assassination of jesse james told by the coward robert ford how crazy Mm -hmm. long that title is but i love that movie and maybe that colors me watching this movie too because i i've seen that movie so many times and it and I, I enjoy uh, just how how faulty and, and how they per, portray all the we, all the fame and everything weird stuff that happens to Jesse James after all those serials come out and all that stuff and and how the legend mac- matches the the myth matches the reality of who that person is and everything and how people look at him as more of a myth than like a real real guy. I don't know. There's so much there to to explore within that character, and I've seen it done. So seeing this was just kind of like. I don't know. It, like you, you might as well have not called this character Jesse James and just had a movie about some fucking Absolutely. asshole dudes, like in part of a posse or something and, and just, totally. and had your fun and, and don't, don't try to make it any sort of accurate. Like, I guess what pieces of accuracy, I, I think I read that, that his mom's house did get blown up or something. And she like lost her arm. She didn't die. And whatever he had, had issues with Pinkerton. He was, he fought in the Confederate war, but or sorry, <laughs> he's on the fought for the Confederacy in the Civil War and everything, but it's just why even why even go down that road? Oh, one other one other point. Sorry, I'm on such a tangent. No, go for it. Such yeah, a tangent. But the uh, the fucking stupidest thing, like, and I don't know if I'm reading this wrong, but the one guy that talks to him later on in the movie, the like who is he? Is like financier or something or part of the bank, and he's showing him the map of the railroad. And he's telling the railroad owner, he's like, you can go around Jesse James property and it will be cheaper. Yep. And his reaction was, are you telling me Jesse James won? 
Mm-hmm. That scene yeah. was so fucking stupid to me. I don't know. First of all, how did you not know this before that it would be cheaper to go around that that land and you made such a such a deal to confront them and blow up someone's house before you realized that it would have been cheaper just to go around? And then after the fact, you take it everything that he's done so personally that you're like he's won? That's him winning? I don't know. I just thought that's his that reaction just seemed off to me of like, oh, well Jesse James won because it's cheap cheaper for me to go around him. It's like, you kind of win in that situation too. If you choose to continually have this personal beef with him, that's, I mean, that's up to you. And you can have that apart from, if anything, you don't have to worry about the railroad thing anymore. You can just have that personal beef. I don't, it just didn't, it was just such a weird, weird thing to, for, for him to just be like, it's cheaper to go around. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a, it's a, th- it's a throwaway line, but the concept is, you know, if, this movie is just a, so he just really wants to go after Jesse James. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something to that. I mean, it's a fucking movie. Like uh, you can present a story in a way where it first starts off with the cheapest option is to go through Jesse James's property. He becomes such an, a nuisance and so uh, such a drain uh, on the money, money there that it's like, it is, it is now point, cheap. At, at this point, it is now cheaper for you to just, since he was like blowing me. up railroad around railroad, lines and stuff yeah i thought i might have read that wrong but still it just i don't know no no you're i mean your your gripe is still valid because it's first off like yeah you're they're saying those lines in the movie because that's like it's trying to show you how at this point the the villain is now has a personal vendetta we've shifted over from this is like a more societal commentary of the railroad is going west and people need to get out of the way to now this in particular this particular railroad company is now going after a specific person because of all the um the money and loss that this person's caused them but the the railroad owner yes was like evil and didn't care about people but he just really wasn't too responsible or there wasn't a whole lot of conversations with him in particularly with jesse or him being going really him personally going above and beyond because a lot of the um like the people coming after the jesse gang were seemingly led by Pinkerton and um, Locke from uh, Lost. And it, I, I just didn't get a sense that the owner of the railroad is becoming more and more personally mm-hmm. invested mm-hmm. into this conflict. He just continued to just be this like angel investor that would just pop in and go, yeah. why isn't this done yet? Why isn't this yeah, done yet? Right. And so there, yeah, I just, we didn't see any like, or, you know, too much of how it's affecting his business really even Mm -hmm. just very simply we're not getting this montage of like i can't afford to do this this you know this financial strain is causing this issue in the business like Mm -hmm. or if he had to you know uh like if he had investors for example like if we got a scene where investors are now getting on his ass saying like we're investing money in you and your company is losing it you better get our money back there isn't any driving force behind the like sole purpose of crushing Jesse James by the, you know, by the railroad company. Again, so much of it is still consistently presented as we want to build this railroad to the West and you're stopping us from doing that. 
and then to have throwaway lines of well you could just go around now yeah it does seem weird because you're because then it just makes it again just what have we been doing here <laughs> right what have we been doing here and it just the movie doesn't allow itself to create value for the, its mm. characters for the for uh the plot like it just because it is doesn't understand if it is going to be that type of movie or if it's going to be a lighthearted comedy. Mm-hmm. And a lighthearted comedy doesn't care about those things. Like if anything, you just want to build up the villain as kind of this caricature of like a you know a stereotypical Rockefeller s person who, if anything, you would like to see even more like involved or something. Or... No, just being um, like a Mad King mm-hmm. kind of vibe, power hungry and hit. Yeah. Like really power hungry to the degree that he is a caricature of an evil villain and show him be like cruel to people like he doesn't really seem to be that he just kind of like yells at T-Doll. He's mean to and yeah he's and I guess to lock lock a little bit but yeah I I don't know just show him like fucking hiring a bunch of Chinese laborers to fucking work on his railroads or some shit and walking along I don't know I'm again I shouldn't be rewriting this movie but just 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 some other some other side of it yeah. Yeah, I mean Chinese slaves, I should say, <laughs> laborers. Right. To me, the biggest miss of this movie is is that it doesn't add enough context to what the effect of these characters are in the world that they exist in. There isn't enough time showing Jesse James's relationship to neighboring towns because I mean there is theoretically a movie here where you are seeing Jesse James steal this money from the railroad to build up a South that is now at the brink of economic collapse because it spent all of its money on a war it lost. There really isn't any showing of... You don't even feel that, yeah. But you you're, I mean, you're right. You're, you're right, but you don't feel it, yeah. They don't, you don't, they don't show that part. You don't feel any of that. Like reconstruction or anything, yeah. No reconstruction, and that could be the like the grounded the backbone of this movie is there is a society Mm -hmm. that is going through transformation jesse james is representing the old west and then the railroad is representing progress and you see because so much of these movies it relies on the other like people living in the world and what their opinion is on the progress or changes that are happening and Mm -hmm. there is almost zero commentary about what the new world looks like yeah. how my opinion or my view of the world comes from this place in, you know in time in geographically located there's zero of that mm-hmm. it, i mean it's really just a series of bank robberies that aren't even interesting they're not planned no. really well again this is shitty montage with shitty rock music yeah right and and then you you brought up it being a calvin kleinhead but again i like this movie looks awful. It doesn't look good. There's yeah, I don't a- know how to like a sham, like a shitty champagne. No, sorry, not champagne. <laughs> cologne. I don't know why I said champagne. Cologne, uh, like commercial or something. I don't know that last shot, like right before the credits of them just walking through the bar. Like, sure. I just I don't want to watch people jack off. Get get out of here. Yeah, right. And the characters aren't interesting. They, you know, the scenes like that, like in the Magnificent Seven is so cool because you, to see all of those characters together, you've gotten a really strong sense of like how they, like how those characters got to that point mm-hmm. and how important it is for them to be collectively doing an action. And I just don't care at all about like all of these characters, what they represent as, you know, 
being together as a gang what they're yeah. what, they're, all, what individ- they're all the same i don't know they're all the same there's a lot of like there's they had the armageddon shot i think a couple of them of them just all walking towards the screen like slow-mo like armageddon because that was the time time for this kind of shit and just like yeah like let's get more shots of them just riding down the plains with with rock music and a lot of those uh this is another thing that made it feel like daytime television was like anytime something like funny or like they they uh pulled something off it do the twang like sort mm-hmm. of a uh, guitar thing like right after like i don't know like i guess the example would be like oh someone stole all the money no the money's in the in the safe i know twang <laughs> like boing. it just like felt, i don't know it felt like uh yeah payoffs weren't deserved yeah because that's the the sound cue, right? Is like a shift in what happened there to their benefit, essentially. Like they're being cool. It's like the sound of like yeah. we're you know this cool thing's happening or we're doing something cool. And yeah, they never were really doing anything all that. Uh oh, cool. he's smiling. <laughs> oh no. Oh, he's smiling again. Oh man, that line. Um, I think we could probably. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm running, I lo- losing steam as I just think more about. Oh, I'm good. No, I'm good. I just, just we got through the plot. We did it. Then I think I, yeah, I said most of, most of my my things. You want to say say your final piece? Yeah, I'm gonna say my final piece. Let me just pull up. I'm sorry, I don't have the rotten tomato for this. In front oh, of I got it. It's uh 14 critics, 68 audience. So the critics fucking hated this movie. And the audience thought it was pretty good. It'll be, I think that's generally some of the movies we've done are like, it's fresh, but it's not like a resounding fresh. Um, And then, but the difference is always rotten and like, there's always a rotten versus fresh element to every movie we've done. But this one, like Mm -hmm. it's a 14% is really, 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 really low. Yeah. Um, And 68% is like solid. Like, I I don't know. There's plenty of, and that's that's the thing with Rotten Tomatoes. It's just like, I don't know, like a six, seven, 60, 70 all the way up. Like those can be really good movies depending on on who you ask. And I think that's kind of kind of the point of what what we're doing here as well. But uh, I all yeah, I got some Amazon reviews where uh, as well, if you care, I can get into those later. Or now, if you okay. care, care for me, too, because. The customer reviews on Amazon, the average out of 1,000 ratings is 4.7 out of 5. Wow. And I think that kind of tabulates like a lot of just just people that are are buying this on Amazon or, or whatever. I don't know. There's, that's a lot of ratings uh, for, for that. And I mean, 25,000 plus ratings, it says on Rotten Tomatoes um, for audience. But yeah, there's a clear like people like like this movie and i i don't know i can sense that you throw it onto the date during the daytime you take a nap you wake back up you are fine and you can get carry on with the movie because you miss fucking nothing and you can pretty much guess how it's gonna go but uh yeah yeah i mean oh, you can say your piece sorry <laughs> i'll read those no, later that's <laughs> okay uh yeah i side definitely with the critics and understand that and um i would give this movie a 25 percent. oh dude that's exactly what i was thinking that would be mine because i do understand why 
people can you know there are things to like about this movie but it's so not necessarily what the movie's doing it's just there's innate energy in these characters like just the actors themselves and there are simple situations that just lead to pretty generic conversations that are not a, this movie isn't sad it's not uh it's not up its ass it's very straightforward and there are scenes where it genuinely feels like the people involved in this are having fun and that that means a lot that goes a long way in my book um i wouldn't go so far on the low scale of it it being unwatchable yeah so that's why i give it a 25 i hear that it's not it's not unwatchable yeah and again that's because the movie doesn't spend a lot of time on anything (laughs) it moves moves quickly there's nothing really to yeah it it's not that challenging it's not really challenging at all um and so yeah like it being fun gives it a little bit but it is so poorly shot it is so um it misses the mark in a lot of character development making it's just not that it's not interesting it's not Mm -hmm. um so yeah i would give it a 25 that's my score you nailed it man i was totally going to give it a 25 as well and i thought about it right before you said it so i'm I'm gonna i'm i was like 20 25 like a like a one out of four or sorry yeah i guess that's what it is but uh or um just just a 2.5 out of out of 10 I, I however you want to think of it but mm-hmm. this movie is like like for the good parts of it if i'm going to give it give it some credit yeah it's it's easy to watch in in that way of yeah you can half pay attention to it you could half-heartedly like laugh and it's kind of just half-assed kind of movie in in my mind any any sort of moment of of chat of like the movie going in direction of either challenging the characters, challenging the audience. Uh, it takes the easy oh, way out in every single out. turn and it just, uh, can you hear me? All right. Oh, James, you're cut. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. You just froze for a second. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, 20, I'm giving it a 25% as well. That's a perfect score for this movie. Um, it's just it's a hollow, vapid, empty experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, un unchallenging. Bam, bam, slam dunk. <laughs> um, but it's 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 unchallenging in that way, and it's those are like good elements of it too. If you're going to go through this experience of 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 trying a new movie that you've never heard of, which is what we did. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't I didn't know anything about about this movie. I saw the poster, and it pretty much lived up to exactly what the poster looked like. And, and, um, there are plenty of types of movies. I feel like that are like this, that fit the bill of a movie that I would love to put on during the daytime and have like a fun, I love adventure movies. And there's a lot of adventure sort of, sort of stylings within, within this movie, as far as like the pace of just kind of like, don't question it. Just, just keep rolling and keep having fun. And, uh, these characters, yeah, they don't take anything seriously. You shouldn't take anything too seriously. Just sit back, relax, have a good time, and uh, yeah. and you'll forget it instantly. Like I'm gonna, this movie will em- yep. empty my brain, and and I'll and I'll forget it. But mm-hmm. the thing that really 
makes it an, you know, I think I've highlighted a lot of the things that aren't enjoyable for me, but I just don't give a fuck about these characters. It's upsetting to me that even the main character is called Jesse James and that they propagate his story to be something like this. And I'm somebody, yeah, who doesn't know a lot about Jesse James, but the Westerns that I do like, and the movies about anti-heroes that I, I do like, I show that side way more at least and to not get any side of that for a, a bank a movie about a bank robber and um, for him to meet all these consequences as far as getting all these people hurt, but just never really have a moment of acceptance that it's kind, it's kind of your responsibility. Instead, he just yeah. kind of like, fuck it, I'm over this life and I'm moving on because mm-hmm. these things have happened. There's no like, um, I don't know, this this sort of embracing of of his responsibility as far as he i think he just recognizes the good things that he's done and he doesn't give a fuck about any of the i mean he there's maybe he does but it's just like the pacing and the way that it's done is like there's a half of a scene of him whining about his gunshot and whining about his mom and then it comes up late he just kills Locke because he killed his mom and that that was it and the only conversation about it was how did you know and there's just things that have no weight, no, no consequence. And if they do, I don't care. And, uh, the story about Confederate soldiers turning into bank robbers and everything, most of everything working out for them and, and living a happy life, even after getting caught by the Pinkertons and and getting out of it and everything. And then just like Scott Kane and him and his brother, the main, the main characters, the ones that we should care the most about just, just get get off with with everything and then the other person we're supposed to like is like is a is the fucking head of the Pinkerton agency and I just like I don't give a fuck about either of these tellings of their story like yeah. I just I I do not care um and and I I would like to be just challenged like a little bit just a little bit and uh <laughs> I would like to watch an adventure where I, I like the characters and um, I'm also like questioning their decision-making in a way that is not like, well, that's just really dumb and doesn't make sense and only just sets up uh, a way for the movie to continue. And I, I don't know. It's, it's just such a, such a uh, fucking knockoff adventure sort of movie that's like trying to take a Western and modernize it uh, Mm -hmm. the same way that, um, you know, movie that I liked when it came out as a child and I would rent from Blockbuster and I've shown you as well, Brandon, is The Phantom with with Billy Zane and is an awful, Mm -hmm. awful movie. I understand that. But something that was, that they were trying to do is just, I don't know, like reinvigorate or like re redo serials and have things just just be fun and and not have anything be too heavy and yeah the phantom and the shadow and and the mummy i love the mummy you know and that's that's a a good example of a movie like this i think and it takes someone likable yeah maybe like brendan fraser and to to carry you through uh something like that and have it have him be a kind of a miscreant sort of um sort of rough around the edges sort of character but have them be encourageable and kind of like uh Mm -hmm. um 
charming in a, in a way that would also be uh, mean and rough around the edges. But it's just with this, it was all just fucking Nerf football, man. I, I don't know. There's no mm-hmm. no edge or, or weight weight to to anything. And twenty five percent is for sure uh, the sort of thing I would give it because I've experienced other hour and a half movies too where it just feels like five hours and this one this one felt like an hour and a half of of you know it, it dragged in the fucking mon- bank robbery montage shit yeah, and everything but movie. uh yeah it was it was relatively easy to digest in the way that it's just not challenging and not not making you engage in it in any sort of way that's gonna have you take away a positive or like any anything i didn't take away anything from, from this movie wow. really. i don't know i just i i don't like those characters i and whatever it's no. it's just very forgettable absolutely i guess i take yeah. away like yeah I, I i like adventure movies and this is like one of those daytime adventure movies i like and or i would i would want to like but it and maybe would have would have as a as a child but uh it does not hold up in my opinion, there it is. Um, I'll run Hell through. Yeah. I'll run through some Amazon reviews. Uh, I'm gonna get my list together so we can talk about the next movie. Ophelia, uh, five stars. My brother and his wife finally watched this gif I gave them for Christmas. They are really busy with work, and my nieces. They're three year old. We call her Hurricane Issy. They loved it. My sister in law said she would watch it over and over again. <laughs> Bruce K. Paulson, historically inaccurate, but pure entertainment. The only reason I purchased this DVD is because Kathy Bates is in the film. I knew nothing about it, but what an action-packed adventure this turned out to be. The casting is excellent, as well as the performances of all the actors involved. Having read several books about Jesse James, as well as a biography of his mother, my first reaction was negative due to historical inaccuracies, but it was so action-packed I couldn't stop watching. There are some wonderful behind the scenes and the bonus features that shouldn't be ignored. Great fun. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Um, awesome Western movie. Love this movie. Saw it when it came out in the movie theater. Can't get this movie on Google Play. Good job, Amazon. <laughs> uh, Amazon customer. Got this for mother who is residing at N dot dot dot. Oh. Got this mother, got this for mother who is residing at an assisted living facility. She must have watched it a dozen times that first week. Great. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the best amazing movie. Sister-in-law loves it. This movie is very very specific. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's a little, uh, it's funny because this movie has a lot of like men on display you know yeah they're they're uh attractive up-and-comers i mean colin colin farrell is i think this is him like right about to kick off his his career and everything and i think there was like one movie before this that he was really big in and then he was kind of like the new hot shit but uh let's see amazing movie by Brittany b i just watched this movie recently and i must say it is my favorite movie of all time now I just I watch this movie almost daily because I love it so much. Scott Kane as Cole Younger was by far my favorite in the movie, but all the characters, in my opinion, match the historical icon they were portraying. Colin Farrell did a great job as the cocky Jesse James, and Scott Kane did an amazing job as 
tough Cole Younger. Yeah, you already talked about him. Ali Larder was fun as fun to watch as Zerelda Mims and Gabriel Match played the perfect part for Frank James. Okay, you just love everything. He was hilarious yet sophisticated in the role. Another favorite for humor was Will McCormick as Bob Younger. He had those funny lines that were put in the right times. This movie may not yeah. watch history, may not match history to the book, but it's still one of my best movies ever. You got the impression that these boys actually were related because of the affection they showed and how well they got along with each other. It was an all-around great movie with very handsome actors playing Cole and Jesse. The director yeah. did a wonderful job keeping young women like myself in mind and giving us eye candy to watch. Loved it so much. I wish they had a sequel to it. So, yeah. They're some some sexy dudes yep, showering, talking about, you know, you know, swapping stories. To me, it felt like Top Gun, but yeah, it still sure. gets still is uh is fun fun to watch. <laughs> but yeah. the brother was never really in peril. There's never there's never that. Yeah, it's all right. So I got the movies up here. Um, was thinking about going into you know into picking the next movie about do we do another adventure because since this was such a like kind of a stinker of an adventure and you just mentioned um yeah just recently that you like adventure movies i love adventure movies i do too and I there's really like do. yeah i mean yeah pirates of the caribbean is is a fun fun movie it's 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 fun time i mean any indiana jones movie obviously i, I mean almost indiana almost indiana jones, jones. Um, yeah. I mean, Master and Commander is is something that came out what like two thousand three, somewhat around this this time, I think, where it's just dudes on a boat going going on chasing down another boat on an adventure. I know that's a a book series and everything, but um, big big adventure lover, and and there's there's a way to do it that puts me at ease, and I think that this movie when I was getting into it i was yeah i was like this is going to be easy because i can just throw this on and you know you can almost tune out a little bit and still get still kind of get everything i i don't know it just i i knew where everything was going and uh i i do like another comedic western that came out around this time as well a little movie called shanghai noon Ooh, that, that uh, I'm not sure if that one holds up, but I remember having I I like I watched that movie a lot, and there was that yeah. period of time it was it's pretty much rush hour Western rush hour with uh, mm-hmm. Owen Wilson instead of Chris Chris Tucker as like the the balance or like the the duo to Jackie Chan. There's a lo- that movie is built as a just a straight comedy though, and mm-hmm. uh, I remember the villain being like scary enough, even though there was a bunch of humor there. Like he was like holding Lucy Liu hostage or something like that. It's been a while, but uh, there's so much humor in that movie, but I remember, you know, enough uh, serious parts to be kind of like scared of what the villain was going to do kind of, and they made a sequel. I remember the sequel sucking ass, but you know, it is what it is. People love the Jackie Chan was hot shit. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he's been hot shit for a very long time, but that was like the American crossover. Yeah, where he was doing a rush hour. I think I saw Tuxedo around that time. Old oh, Medallion. Yeah. Like, I don't, all these like fun Jackie Chan movies for uh, for more American audiences. Um, but you were so you were eyeing another adventure or was there was there any? Yeah, I was eyeing some adventures that are on the list here. One that stood out to me was Spy Kids. 
I sounds like it. Yeah. Would be a fun ad- adventure to talk about. Um, and then another one that came to mind was the, uh, we mentioned Indiana Jones and there's Indiana Jones and the crystal skull. I'm surprised uh, that's polarizing. I don't, I don't know anyone who likes that movie, but I guess, wow. This spike, had, spike had score is surprising as well. 93% fresh on as critics and 46% for audience. I'm down for that one. That's like a legit, like certified fresh. Th- yeah. Those are those are kind of gold mines. I I feel like a little bit. If you have a certified fresh, and then a rotten as well, that's uh-huh. I mean that's like a big, big discrepancy. I think. And I'm I'm pretty familiar with this movie, but it's it's been a while. I remember seeing it in theaters, and uh, and buying it on DVD. And I'll, I'll talk about it more if if we choose it. But I I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Floop is a madman. Help us save us. <laughs> Floop is a madman. Help us save us. I love that. Uh, yeah. All right. Is it, whole, this one? We're doing this one? Alan, Alan Cummings of it all. That's right. That's yeah, that's who it is. Um, Spy Kids, another one. I said, yeah, that stands out to me as Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. And then... Um, wow, Spy Kids 2 is very similar. And... <laughs> We could just do a whole series on Spy Kids. Uh, Kingdom of Crystal. I want to take a look at that one as well because I'm just. I was. It's got to be the audience that is like more okay with it, right? Right. Yeah. No, it's the critics. Oh, that, no, it's, it's, it's critics. Seventy-eight percent. Critics like certified audience, and it's certified 78%. fresh at seventy-eight. Is that how does that work? I don't get it. I don't, we, we don't understand Rotten Tomatoes here, but we, we still use it. And I have yet to actually even vote on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how many of you out there of, of the one to two people that are listening actually use Rotten Tomatoes. But for us to talk yeah. about it so much, I have never actually like voted on it. Maybe we should start plugging our score, scores in. We, we should. We should start, start putting our own own opinion out there into the world instead of just uh through through audio mediums um yeah i'm down i'm down with this one i mean they they're they're coming out with a a fifth one even as well which is blows my mind but spielberg is is intent on doing it Ish. um i don't know what i mean george lucas is he's not doing anything right he's probably just working on like special effects for other people I think like Alita Battle Battle Angel was on here as well. Uh-huh, yeah. Alita Battle Angel is another one. I think yeah. Those are those three movies um are both they're all adventures. Yeah, do you have a preference? I'm I'm down for for any. I think the Spy Kids makes the most sense. Cool. I think it'd be it'd be fun to do, yeah. Because I just after after having an adventure that is really vapid and it's you know doesn't have a lot of character arcs. I don't know if um, I'm a little apprehensive about a lead a battle angel. I don't know. I guess I've only seen it once and watched it just a little bit. I'm not too familiar with that movie. I've never I never watched. I think I'm yeah. I started it and realized it was too much of a commitment. I do that a lot with movies. I feel like where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna watch a whole movie right now and like, while I eat lunch or something. I don't know. Start, yeah, no, I do the same thing. And then it just That's like, sure. or are you just kind of curious that opening portion, how it, 
how it sets everything up and decide whether you're going to continue investing any time with it time with it uh from there mm-hmm. but okay yeah i'm I'm down for spike isn't it yeah i mean both that one and indiana jones i haven't well no i guess indiana jones i saw last time i saw was in theaters spike kids was a yeah that one was a regular dvd watch for me yeah me too that was one of my i feel like my first big dvds that i like i was either gifted to as like this is mine or or uh just even when we first got dvd players <laughs> yeah no for real so there's yeah this movie was uh came out of the right time for us yeah it'll All be right. fun well yeah so spy kids next week um i don't know i guess we're on apple if you want to rate and review us there mm-hmm. I, i'm it helps us out a lot i think it helps us uh but Thank you, Brandon, for joining me yep. on this adventure of friendship in which I enjoyed uh, more than this movie is our conversation yes. about it. And that's and that's the, the biggest positive I will take away from from this experience is our discussion about it. That, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all I got to say. Thank you all. Uh, I love you. I will not say go fuck yourself. I want to phase that out. That's mean and aggressive. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just say I love you because that's how I, I, how I actually feel. I'm trying to uh, use sarcasm yeah. as, a, as a mechanism to not show my, my yeah. true feelings. Brandon, do you have anything <laughs> to say? I don't have anything else to say. I think Any plugs? <laughs> Any plugs? I got no plugs. No, I got a plug. Um, anything you've been in, into lately? Oh, yeah, our Twitter. No, fo- yeah, follow us on Twitter. Um, you can find the links to the Spotify and Stitcher. Um, We're running this on on Twitch, typically Wednesday nights. Uh, typically Wednesday nights. Maybe I'll start putting my link there. If you want to watch us live, you'll probably get some stuff that isn't going to make it to the final edit, uh, and you'll get to see our ugly face, <laughs> our beautiful faces. Whoa! Yeah. I'm sorry. I, we're we're beautiful people. There's that sarcasm again. I know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to show. Love and and you can't turn it off and admiration. I gotta counter it with um self uh, <laughs> self hatred. Um, self hatred. Yeah, but yeah, you can see us typically Wednesday nights. Today, uh, we're doing a different day, but uh, typically Wednesday nights we'll be doing live uh stream of our podcast. The, yeah, and I- the name is currently disco volante but we'll come out with our own uh, official polarized twitch stream as well if you ever want to watch us yeah, absolutely and i we're going to try to keep somewhat of a schedule but just like how we've already kind of just flexed it based on our schedules i think the best thing to do is just um follow us on twitter and then uh, next time we go when we do go live and have these discussions we'll just update there perfect um you know, it's it's going to be a weekly discussion. Whether it's exactly on Wednesday every time is still, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna behold ourselves to that because you know we're again doing this for fun. So yeah, um, but again, it, you know, it helps to rate and review and uh, follow us on Twitter. That's we're hoping if we if we have fun that you have fun uh, in the same way with with this uh, wonderful wonderful movie. Uh, here comes my sarcasm. It's the other way though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a little stinker. You're a little stinker today. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. I love you. <laughs>